Welcome back to The Long Distance Work Life, where we help you lead, work, and thrive in remote and hybrid teams. I'm Marissa Eikenberry, a fellow remote worker, and joining me is my co-host and remote work expert, Wayne Jamel. Hi, Wayne. Hello, Marissa. How are you? And hello, everybody listening. Uh, it sounds sometimes like I'm ignoring you, and I'm not. So hello, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm doing great. And, you know... I- I'm just so excited about this topic today because I I think it's going to be really interesting for our listeners. may not be something they've really thought about before, but we're going to tackle it today. So every episode, I introduce you as a remote work expert. And believe it or not, we actually get snarky comments about this on our videos and our clips all the time. How can you be a remote work expert in something that's not been around that long? Now, for the record, and people who have listened to us for a while already know that remote work has been around for a very long time. And if you are not aware of this, I would highly encourage you to listen to one of our first episodes titled, When Did Remote Work Start? Which I will have a link to in the show notes. But Wayne, let's start with the basics. How do you define a remote work expert? Yeah, and total transparency, I cringe a little every time you introduce me as an expert. Uh, (laughs) I am naturally a cynic and mm, I'm kind of a cynic, try to be a skeptic, and I sometimes go over the line to cynicism. Um, The minute any time somebody introduces themselves as an expert, my radar goes off. And the more pretentious the title, the more it goes off. Uh, When I look at somebody's LinkedIn title and they claim to be a guru, alarm bells ring, (laughs) things go crazy. I just go, oh, no, 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 no. That and living in a time just in society in general when expertise is kind of frowned on and nobody is really an expert. And, you know, yeah, that's a nice PhD you've got. I've got this guy on YouTube who says. Right. Uh, So there is a kind of general skepticism that I share to a degree. Uh, That being said, um, some people know more about than other people. Right. That's going to be true for everything. Right. And if that is the case, then I suppose I am on the expert side of the spectrum. This is a topic that I started writing about in 2005 or six. Is this um, when I tell you I was a freshman in high school? <laughs> And that's when I pull the dagger out of my heart and try to continue (laughs) missing a beat. Uh, You know, I I started investigating this thing called WebEx and what did it mean back in 2005, 2006. And so, you know, I have written, depending on how you count it, six books and multiple chapters and magazine articles and been doing the research and all of that stuff. So if I have to defend my status as somebody who knows more about this than most people, the defense rests, Your Honor. (laughs) Right. Uh, That being said, that being said, it's a constantly evolving field. And this is the other thing is as i tell people i do all i read the research and follow the stuff and listen to a lot of nonsense so you don't have to and i run it through whatever filter i can to kind of separate the wheat from the chaff and present in as logical and and um pertaining and kind of easily digested as possible presented to people for them to then make their own decisions with so you know, that's as defensive as I get about the title. That being said, it goes back to anybody, 
anybody who calls himself a guru probably isn't. So let, let's get into that a little bit. Like we've established, yeah. you've been doing this for a really long time. You have a bunch of expertise. You, you know what you're talking about, yeah. expert title or not. But how can, how can your lay person, your normal person, determine whether somebody is a true remote work expert like yourself or they just started doing this in March of 2020? Well, you know, just go on their LinkedIn profile. <laughs> That's true. Seriously, I'm serious as a heart attack. Go on their LinkedIn profile and see what their track record was. If they were a manager at Arby's March of 2020, and then suddenly they were an expert in remote work, a little skepticism may be appropriate. Um, so, you know, what is their experience? What is their background? What are they doing? It doesn't take much to check that. Yeah. Um, the other thing, and this one is more controversial. Oh, I love it. And I have friends who are going to hate me. The more of a zealot they are, the less I take them at their word. Okay, so why is that? Here's the thing. Uh, and we often, Kevin and I often get lumped into, and when they give lists of people who are thinkers about remote work, we're often on the list and we are not the most zealous realizing uh, the future is remote work and death to the office and, right. you know, all of that stuff. Uh, that's not where we are. We think there are incredible advantages to remote work. We think that the trend is certainly moving that way. But the people who are zealots, uh, the people who say that there is no use whatsoever, there is no need for people to ever get together physically, uh, all of your social, biological, nourishing needs can be met through through Zoom, I tend to look at that skeptically. That makes sense. Our approach is uh, these things are happening. They are certainly trends. We need to be aware of it. And like all technology and all work trends, where does it make sense for my company for the things that I do, for the work I choose to do, where does it make sense and where can I leverage it? And where are the pitfalls and things that you need to watch out for? And that's where I like to spend my time. I have no interest in helping Silicon Valley companies get their next new thing launched, right? I am a real skeptic about technology. And so I am not an early adopter. I'm not first one over the fence. And I don't think most people should be. Right. We've talked about this actually in uh, our AI episode not that long ago. Yeah. So I, I think that, and anytime you are an evangelist or a zealot for something, your objectivity goes out the window. Yeah. You've gone in with a vision of the truth and your job now is to defend that as radically as possible. And so you tend to weed out information that doesn't fit your paradigm. That sounds and exhausting. The fact, and the fact that I use the word paradigm makes me cringe, but it's true. Yeah. Um, and so I try to be objective. And at the Kevin Eikenberry Group, our focus is not on changing the world in terms of upending business models. My job personally is to help the individual person get through the workday with some shred of sanity and dignity. Right, 
Right. We just want to help and people get if, their jobs done. And if remote work helps you achieve that and you're a better person, here's how we can help. And if you have to go into the office every day, here are some things that you might want to think about that might save your sanity and your dignity. So I understand you know, the skepticism of people online who go remote work expert, <laughs> you know, right. uh, anybody can call themselves that. Well, yeah, they can. And I challenge you as listeners to have a dose of skepticism. Um, so, I mean, there's lots of people that are getting the titles, some of which are given to them and some of which are, they're trying to make for themselves. <laughs> I guess yeah. is the point that we're trying to make. But um, so, but specifically, going back to you, how has your role as a remote work expert evolved over time, especially in the last four years? I mean, a lot of stuff has changed. Yeah, I mean, if I go back to when I first started thinking about this, right, was 2006, I was teaching traditional presentation skills. Mm -hmm. And I remember the moment somebody said to me, uh, Wayne, the standing in front of the room stuff is great but I only talk to real people like twice a year. I, right. I work remotely and there's this thing called WebEx and that's what I'm using. And I started investigating at the time, there were 120 little plankton level web meetings and WebEx was the Mac daddy of them all. But I became fascinated. I knew the trend was going to continue. And so I, I became fascinated in that. I started a company that taught people how to do webinars and how to present online. And I got asked more and more about the day-to-day -day work, not just the presentations, but how do you run a team and how do you do that? Uh, Kevin and I had known each other for a long time. We created Remote Leadership Institute. So I had gone from almost strictly presentation and communication skills to teams mm -hmm. and leading them in a remote environment. And then the last year, and some people have noticed this, some people haven't, the Remote Leadership Institute brand after COVID kind of went away. It still exists, but it's inside the greater Kevin Eikenberry group because the world has changed. The, the world of leadership, remote leadership, most people now no longer look at it as a separate thing. It's part of the job. If right. you are above first line supervisor, odds are you're going to have at least one member of your team who doesn't work where you do. Yeah. And you have to prepare for that. And you have to be able to deal with that and include them in the team. And so the role of remote work in our getting our jobs done has morphed and hopefully, and we like to believe that this is true, we have kind of kept up with that. And again, I have read more nonsense and taken part in more free samples of software and done all that stuff than any human being ought to. Uh, you probably can't tell from my white beard and white hair, but I am 42 years old. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look what it has done to me. Uh, so, you know, my has changed. And, and I think most human beings, if they are wise, are open to changing as the world changes. I think that if you look at what Kevin and I teach in Long Distance Leader, Long Distance Team, Long Distance Teammate, uh, all of our blogs, all of our courses, it's that while things are changing and we need to be aware of and adjust to and be mindful of the changes that around us, the core of leading people, of getting work done, of having a leadership mindset is really evergreen 
and it's the details and nuances that change. But those changes and nuances can drive you mad if you are unaware of them and can't deal with them. Right. So I guess, you know, for our leaders and our managers that are listening, you know, what are some common challenges that remote work experts actually help businesses employees overcome? I know you've talked about a little a bit of them as we've gone, but like really specifically, like what what do you help with? What do we as think uh, about group? The big thing I think is helping understand how being remote changes how we interact with each other. There are a few things. One is that we were raised from birth as face-to-face, nose-to-nose, visual, in-contact, communicating beings. Mm -hmm. That is our natural default. When we are not doing that, we have to rely on our higher functions. We have to rely on trust. We have to uh, communicate effectively so that I don't have to stand at your desk and watch you do your job. Now, (laughs) that's something that should be happening anyway, But with the rise of remote and hybrid work, the ability to micromanage, the idea of command and control, which has been evaporating as we've evolved as a species, continues to do that. Well, not everybody's comfortable with that. Command and control is a very lizard brain, very natural response to pressure and a task and and all of that stuff. Uh, Remote work, hybrid work, is a natural extension of expanding that approach. Uh, in our courses, in, in our uh, Long Distance Leader series, uh, the first module, and we do this as a standalone course as well, shameless plug, is uh, how leaders create and manage remote and hybrid teams. And really, we introduce three models that are crucial to uh, that mindset. You know, The first is, why does this feel so weird? And we have what we call the remote leadership, the three-gear model. Uh, There's a trust model. How do we build trust if something is happening? You know, can we apply this model and figure out what the problem is? And then the third one is choosing the right technology for the right communication task, which is huge in remote and hybrid work. Uh, If you are sending an email rather or a text, rather than having the conversations you need to have, that is the root cause of a lot of problems. Right. Um, and, And I think that's the work that we do most effectively, is we get people to say, if you have a leadership mindset, if you want to have a leadership mindset, and you should, what are the nuances? What are the changes? What are the circumstances that require adjustments to that. And I think at the end of the day, A, that's not what makes us a zealot because not all work can or should be done remotely. Not all organizations function best that way. Uh, There are plenty who do. If they do, this is how you need to approach it. If you are going to be hybrid, these are the nuances that you need to take into consideration. And, you know, I think that's what we bring to the party. I think if there's an expertise to it, that's what it is. So I hope that answered your question. I hope it answered the question for the listeners, because I know we we seldom talk about what we actually do, what our work is. We, We try to keep it more general and but specifically, sometimes you got to know that stuff. Right. Uh, Yeah. We sell classes. We have to pay the bills. Right. (laughs) Um, 
my one last question before we, you know, end the show here, but what advice would you give to leaders and managers who would like to better understand how to leverage this kind of expertise um, of remote work professionals such as yourself and us at the Camp Mike Group? Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff out there, and a lot of it's very good. There are a lot of very talented people. There are people we have on this show as guests who are wonderful people, and they should make a living, and you should hire them if that's what you want to do. I think it's like anything else. Understand the first principles. What does your organization do? What is the work that needs to be done? And you are the best person to know that. Right. But knowing that doesn't mean that you are 100% comfortable with what's next. Uh, some people have no idea and they're kind of paralyzed. Some people think they know, but some validation would be nice to make sure that we're on the right track. And other people are out on that path and maybe it's not going the way they want it to. And I think those are the circumstances where you bring in other people. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And Wayne, I know earlier you were talking about our long distance leadership series. And for any of our listeners who are interested in that, you can go to kevineikenberry.com slash LDLS to find out more about those classes and what's coming up. Um, and Absolutely. And uh, those classes available as, you know, an open enrollment series for individuals, or we're happy to talk to you about bringing it in-house to your company. And listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Long Distance Work Life. For show notes, transcripts, and other resources, make sure to visit longdistanceworklife.com. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, be sure to like and review. This helps us know what you love about our show. Feel free to contact us via LinkedIn or email with the links in our show notes. And let us know you listen to this episode or even suggest a topic for Wayne and I to tackle in a future episode. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us. And as Wayne likes to say, don't let the weasels get you down.